Today on the Locked on Blues podcast, we'll be recapping St. Louis Blues 5-3 loss to the New York Rangers to start their New York road trip in Madison Square Garden. There's a lot to take away from this game. Obviously not the result that anybody wanted, but it's not time to hit the panic button just yet because there's some good and some light at the tunnel. So stay tuned to find out what it is. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch, and the St. Louis Blues lost, but they haven't done a lot of that recently. They're 6-3 and three since the All-Star break, so... Although you would like to see a better result than a 5-3 loss to the New York Rangers, there's still a lot to be proud of with this team and the way that they're currently playing. And one of those biggest things for me has been the veterans. And we talked about that um, a couple episodes ago. But David Perron has been one of the players that has struggled to find his offensive prowess this season. And uh, obviously last season was one of his best offensive production seasons in his career. So you'd like to see him... Kind of come in and mimic that. It hasn't been the case so far. He's had injuries all like the whole run of the mill uh, with everything that could get thrown at him this season. But since the All-Star break, he's been one of the Blues' best players. Eight points in nine games since the break for David Perron, for DP57. So, I mean, the guy is just absolutely firing on all cylinders right now. And another guy that's been playing pretty well for the St. Louis Blues is Ryan O'Reilly as of late. He's got six points in the Blues' nine games since the All-Star break and two points, a goal and an assist, in last night's loss to the New York Rangers. Obviously, Braden Shen is continuing to do his thing, produce, stay red hot. Love to see him sticking up for the young guy, Jordan Cairo, getting hit in open ice by Jacob Truba. Braden Shen takes matters into his own hands. Obviously, it's not the best-case scenario for him to be in the penalty box for five minutes in the last like 10 minutes or so of the game, but... When you're a leader on this team, when you have faith in the guys and the depth that this team has, uh, you're willing to take those chances. And I I like the way that Braden Shen plays. I like the edge that he plays with. I like the fact that he's taken on that role to stick up for his teammates and the younger teammates and guys who uh, get taken advantage of when they're in a vulnerable position like that, like Jordan Cairo was. So for him to go out there and drop the gloves and say, hey, I don't care where we're at in the game right now I don't care how crucial these moments are uh you don't do that to my guy that's my brother and I take offense to that is exactly what you want from a veteran guy in the locker room but I think that's one of the biggest things that this team kind of struggled with in the first half of the season was a lot of these veterans that were bringing in a lot of money and uh using up a lot of that salary cap weren't performing to their expectations Colton Pareko's one of them He had a rough first half of the season. Since the All-Star break, he's been a man on fire. And that's huge for this team, but it's also huge for Colton Pareko because I feel like a lot of people have high expectations for him after getting the A, after moving on from Alex Petrangelo. The kind of weight has been on his shoulders to kind of be the leader of this defense. And so far, at least in my observation, it seems like he's kind of struggled in that role. But if he can even take a second half here and a push towards the playoffs and play the way that he did in 2019 and the way that we know that he's capable of and that utilizing that long reach and those long strides like a gazelle up and down the ice and just 
cruising from point A to point B, he could be lethal and move the needle towards success significantly, especially in an area of need like the Blues defense. We've talked about the season that Tory Krug and Justin Falk are currently having. Marco Scandella is still injured. Robert Bertuzzo has been a force to be reckoned with on the penalty kill and blocking shots and selling out to do everything he can to keep that puck out of the back of the net. Mikula has been a nice surprise this season. Jake Wallman has been on fire as of recently. If that unit has Colton Pareko playing his best hockey of the season, spearheading it going into the playoffs with a primetime Vili Huso or a primetime Jordan Bennington in net, this team could do a lot of damage in the playoffs. And by a lot of damage, I mean they can make the Stanley Cup. That's kind of the question mark we've been talking about all season. I feel like we kind of rehash it every episode, but every every arrow and every narrative and every alleyway that we go down when we talk about this team, it feels like it just kind of points back towards the defense. So I feel like that's why. Now, as it pertains to the Rangers game, do I think the defense was the problem? Uh, not particularly. I think the Blues didn't play a full 60 minutes. That's what Craig Berube said after the game. And He's right. You have to, I mean, you have to close out games, but especially against teams like the New York Rangers. I don't particularly think that the Blues defense played as well as they could have. Like, it's not their 100% like best performance of the season by any stretch of the imagination. But that being said, it absolutely could have been a lot worse. And as good as Igor Shesterkin has been this season in his Vesna campaign and how great he looked in this game as well, it felt like once the Blues got to him, the levy broke. And lo and behold, the Blues score three goals on three shots consecutively. And it looked like they might be able to hold on for the victory, but things got a little bit dicey in the third period. Had a delay of game penalty with a power play. And when you give the New York Rangers and Chris Kreider an opportunity to score on the power play, it's a pretty good chance that they're going to. As it currently sits, the Blues are second in the entire NHL with a 26.45 power play percentage. But not far behind them are the New York Rangers with a 25.66 power play percentage. So Pareko inadvertently chips it over the glass with 10 minutes left to play. The Rangers score on the power play. Uh, The Blues get a power play with 4 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game and end up not scoring. And ultimately, that's the difference in the game. Clutch time, power play, one of them converted and one of them didn't so when we come back we're going to talk more about the blues and rangers game look a little bit ahead uh, to the remaining matchups on this road trip as well as revisit the goalie controversy because there's been an added level to it from one of the greatest hockey players of all time but before we get into that uh, i want to talk to you guys about built bar because this is the time of year that i've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Bil- on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that is 100% 
real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most built bars contain only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And they have flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy afterwards. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back. All right, so on the TNT broadcast, a familiar question popped up on the airwaves, and that question was, if you had, if the Blues started a playoff game tomorrow, who would you put in net? And Wayne Gretzky answered that the answer should be Jordan Bennington. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really feel like listening to a senile old man who's let the game pass him by, I personally think I have a better grasp on what the Blues would be able to do to create them more success in the playoffs and get them deeper into a playoff run. Now, why, why am I more qualified to talk about this than the greatest player to ever lace them up? Well, thanks for asking, because I'd love to tell you that last week at my roller hockey game, I blocked two shots and got on the stat sheet, so... And that's not to rub it in the great one's face. I'm sure a lot of people value the opinion of someone that scored a bunch of points in a completely different league in 1985. I don't, personally, but I'm sure some people do. If you guys can't tell this is a joke by now, then I don't know what to tell you. But Yeah, the greatest hockey player of all time said Jordan Bennington should be in net for Game 1 of the St. Louis Blues playoff series this season. So... You know, I'm liable to believe him. I don't think that's a wrong answer, but I don't think Billy Huso is a wrong answer either for all the reasons that I outlined on the last episode I was on with Josh. I mean, you've got a consistent sample size all year long of the guy just lighting it up. He's second in the league in save percentage behind only Shesterkin, who is by far the Vesna favorite. And I get that Binner is the starter and Binner's the one making the money and Binner's the one that led us to a Stanley Cup before, so there's no reason to suggest that he won't be able to do it again. Especially with the level of hockey that he's been playing in the last two games. If we can, if we see more of a consistent sample size of that from Jordan Bennington, I think you definitely got to give him game one. But with the way that Billy Husso's playing right now and the sample size that he's given us, I'd, I'd just personally go with him. Another main reason for that is because since the All-Star break, our most impressive win has come against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the form of a 6-3 victory, and Vili Huso was a net for that game. Because we've, we've gotten pretty lucky with the schedule since the All-Star break. I mean, we've played Chicago, Ottawa, Montreal, which, I mean, we don't have to rehash that again. They look a lot better than they did <laughs> right before we played them. Uh, Buffalo, although Buffalo just beat the Maple Leafs, so who knows. Um, yeah, the Rangers was really the first big test since the Toronto Maple Leafs game, and Vili Husso beat the Maple Leafs, but lost to the Rangers. So what will really be interesting is if Jordan Bennington gets the start against the Rangers when we play them on the 10th, so a week from today when you guys will be listening to this. 
Uh, and if Jordan Bennington wins that game, then we've got a real then we've got a real scenario on our hands. That'll be a full-fledged goalie controversy to the 10th degree. But the way it is now, I think Vili Husso is still your guy until proven otherwise. I mean, the guy's only got four losses on the season in 21 games played. So I like my odds and I like that ratio moving forward. You know, and just going back quickly to this New York Rangers game, there's not going to be a full-fledged outrage like there was with the Montreal Canadiens game, and mostly because there's a lot of there was a lot of emotions going into this game. And for one, it's an away game, and for a road trip, you know the Madison Square Garden is nothing to sneeze at. Also, the Blues went on a road trip, played one game at home against Buffalo, and now they're back on the road again. So that's going to bog down anybody, and they won't be home again until the 10th when they play. Lo and behold, the New York Rangers. So, you know, if a week from now, on the 10th, we're doing a recap episode of another loss against the New York Rangers, I might be a little bit panicked just because I think the Rangers and the Blues are on a on a pretty similar skill level when it comes to what their potential could be for final placement at the end of the entire season, when the postseason is over as well. But until that happens, I'm okay. And like I said with Colton Pareko earlier, the guy has been on a torrid pace since the All-Star break. He's been one of the Blues' bright spots. There's been a lot of bright spots. Ivan Barbashev as well. You saw him whip out the Statue of Liberty, Sally. He's been a bright spot all season. But he's continued his success through the All-Star break and into the second half as well. Colton Pareko flips one puck over the boards, costs the Blues the games. Ultimately, and I know the easy... The easiest thing to do in that scenario is blame it all on him for the boneheaded play that he did, and you can't be doing that at the NHL level, and the amount of times that Colton Pareko has flipped the puck over the boards is just way too high. He's got to clean that up, yada, 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 I understand. The Blues did not play a full 60 minutes. They still had an opportunity to tie it up on the last power play with four minutes left to at least send it into OT and get a point, and they didn't. In the absolute second that Vili Husso gets pulled and reaches the bench, the New York Rangers get the empty net goal to put a dagger in them. So I know as Blues fans, we love our scapegoats, and I know as Blues fans, it's easy to just kind of throw the problems of the team on one person's shoulders, especially when the problems are defensively. It makes sense to be like, hey, the guy that's making the most money, the guy that's got the A on his chest, the guy that's supposed to be... uh, the most productive member of the St. Louis Blues defense is not playing up to his standards. Just take a breath. Let's all just <sighs> step down from the ledge. Focus big picture here. We've got games against the Islanders and the Devils left on this road. Okay, yeah. So left on this road trip, games against the Islanders and the Devils, and then we're back home on Tuesday against the Senators before we play the Rangers again at home as well on Thursday, March 10th. So, two games left on the road trip against two struggling teams in the Islanders and the Devils. One back home against the Senators, another struggling team, before we play the Rangers again. So that's an opportunity for this team to build some confidence. Pad the stat sheet maybe a little bit. But overall, go out there and take care of business and do what we talked about on the last episode, do what's expected of them with the talent level that they have, with the depth that they have, with the goaltending that they've had this season. 
they should be able to handle these bottom-dweller teams with ease. And the Rangers are not a bottom-dweller team by any stretch of the imagination, but the Islanders are borderline, the Devils definitely are, and the Senators definitely are. So two out of the three of these games should absolutely be wins, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the end stretch of this road trip, and I'm looking forward to this end stretch of this episode. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Oscar Sundquist. So don't go anywhere. All right, so a couple things of note here with the Rangers game. Clem Costin was replaced in the lineup by Dakota Joshua. Craig Berube said that uh, he would like to see Clem Costin compete more, not get beat as much, and that the penalties were proven to be an issue, which if you've listened to this podcast um, for its longevity, you know that that was one of the things that I said might be a problem with Clem Costin was the amount and the volume of the penalties that he brings with the hits and the edginess and uh, the aggressiveness that he plays his style of hockey. Um, but so we could talk about that. I think Dakota Joshua kind of is more of a pro at the moment, but Clem Costin obviously has a much higher ceiling with the shot and the offensive talent that he brings. If he can just become a little bit more disciplined and by a little bit, I mean a lot more disciplined um, if he can hold his ground defensively and he can, Make sure that he's bringing it in all three zones. I think he's going to be a heck of an NHL player one day. Um, but he's got to get there. And one of the guys that has absolutely gotten there has been Oscar Sundquist um, from 2019 Cup run since the moment he got traded. I feel like when he got traded, a lot of people were like, oh, he's just like a throw-in guy. Like nobody really knows who he is. And then the season after he got traded, he showed up to camp and was just in some of the best shape of his life and uh, really took everyone by storm in training camp and from that time on has been a staple of the blues bottom six since that time it was a key part of the blues cup run he's one of the key parts of the penalty kill uh and was one of the best four checkers on this team so he was back in the lineup against the rangers uh after having a scare with his repaired acl against buffalo reports jeremy rutherford it's better now he said we're not sure what triggered it we think it was from the ottawa game and it's been lingering that last game i played it made it not playable and then Sunquist continued that there's still some scar tissue that we're still working with and trying to get under control. It's mostly from surgery. I can't really fully stretch out my leg. We're just trying to get that out of the way, but it feels better now. <sighs> this is sad, dude. Because Sonny, I feel like, is a lot of people's sneaky favorite player. Like I feel like people ask you on the street, like, who is your favorite player on the St. Louis Blues? It's going to be Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Jordan Cairo, like all those fan favorites, right? But like in your heart of hearts and like the back of your mind, like Oscar Sundquist is absolutely in that conversation, but no one actually speaks about him being in that conversation, right? But when he scores, it's like, oh yeah, Sonny, like we love Sonny and all that stuff. He's just like such a happy-go-lucky guy. It's it's impossible not to root for the guy and to see him go through the amount of injuries that he has with concussions, with a torn ACL, like with ankle and like the, the list just goes on and on with this guy. And it's just, I mean, obviously he's a warrior, right? Dude's playing with a leg that he can't even fully stretch out this season and he's still putting points up on the board. But uh, to kind of get an idea of how much this is hindering his play, so in 2018-2019 season, 
74 games played. Uh, Sonny had 31 points. And the season after that, 2019 to 2020, he played 57 games. So even a notch now, even a notch down uh, from that 74, and had 23 points. Only played 28 games in 2020 and 2021. And this season, he's only played 36 games. He's got 15 points this season. Uh, realistically, I think Sonny, when he's 100%, is a 30-point guy on the season. So there's a chance that he gets back to that level this season. But I truly believe that this is a completely different team with a fully healthy Oscar Sundquist like the team just plays different when he's firing on all cylinders and playing his best hockey and it's not it's not because of like the offensive production that he brings but it's defensively like if guys see him selling out blocking shots making poke checks winning board battles all the things that you write home about they're gonna be filled with that same mentality and filled with that same fire to be like hey if Sonny's gonna do it I'm gonna go do it too and that's absolutely contagious and I feel like for this team, that's crucial because there's so many guys on this team and they're so deep and they're so offensively talented, but it seems like on in games where they struggle to close out or they struggle to or they struggle defensively, part of that struggle is due to the forwards lack of forechecking and back checking. And I don't think that would be nearly as big of a problem if it was being led by a one hundred percent healthy Oscar Sunquist. So I don't know. Maybe that's a topic of discussion for another day when we have Josh on the pod because I feel like that's not really a conversation that we've had so far on this podcast, but uh, I definitely think it's interesting uh, the way that this Blues team has gone from a defensive juggernaut to an offensive juggernaut and that Oscar Sundquist's decline in health has kind of coincided with that, so... That being said, uh, we'll probably talk about that another day, but that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and hit that notification bell. That way you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always... Let's go Blues.